Hello, I'm Father Grant Naylor, the parish priest of St. Matthew's Carver Street, and this is Coffee with Father, a weekly 15-minute interview with someone after Mass. Inspired by the words of God in 1 Peter, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who created you out of darkness into his wonderful light. It's a great joy today to uh, be joined by Antonia Griffiths, who is a member of our congregation and has been coming for over a year now. Uh, and Antonia is uh, usually present on Sundays and on a weekday uh, and uh, often comes uh, with her two daughters as well. Uh, but Antonia, great joy to be with you today. Lovely and, to be with you. And to share coffee. And it's been great to get to know you over this, this past year. Um, so in these podcasts, we're just hearing a little bit about people's background uh, and what brings them to mass. Uh, but first of all, I've got to ask you a question. Is it tea or coffee for you? Uh, so both, but the tea has to be Yorkshire tea and the coffee has to be real coffee. A woman after my own heart, Yorkshire tea, I think it is the best. I think it's only surpassed by Lancashire tea, but that's contraband here, <laughs> I think. Um, so I've said, normally the first question I ask is, how long have you been coming to Mass at St Matthew's? And I know that, I think that you arrived on your name day last year. Would you be willing to say maybe a little something about what drew you in on that day? Um, yeah, so um, it was uh, it was very random. Um, my mum had, had passed away uh, a few weeks ago um, before coming, and I hadn't been to church properly for many many years, um, apart from important events. Uh, so, and that particular day was a Monday, mm. and I, it was my first day I had really to my myself and I was absolutely besieged by um, all the things I had to do which was go through a phone book which I'd volunteered to do which had about more than 500 contacts um, all the pre-funeral arrangements um, all the normal life things that I put off in the midst of my grief um, but there was something that um, there's something that made me think um, actually I, I want to go to, I want to go to church today I want to go in and I want yeah. to light a candle for my mum yeah and, yeah yeah um, and, and I looked actually on Facebook for all, all the any church and St Matthew's came up as being the one that had, had a mass yes um, so I decided to go and uh, I knew the time was 12 o'clock um, I, I'm always late for everything. Um, and I came in rushing uh, at three minutes past 12. And um, at that time, I, I heard the word St. Anthony and the, the Father Nader was in the middle of explaining um, the, uh, the life of St. Anthony. And it, and it dawned on me that I, I'd been called back on my name day. That's amazing. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm a great fan of St. Anthony because, as you'll know well, he's the patron saint of lost things. And so whenever I lose my keys or whatever it is, I pray to St. Anthony. Uh, so you've got a great patron there. And that's amazing that you came back on, on his day. You said that, I mean, we try to do welcome a little bit light touch here. So to try and make people feel welcome, but without any pressure. You said that you did receive a, a warm welcome that day. How, would you like to maybe explain what you what you found? Yeah, I'm I'm really happy to um 
have an opportunity to do that because I, I do feel very emotional when I um, think of the warmth and the sort of abundance um, of, of the, the people there. Um, I think a lot of people when they come into a church, they, they do secretly want to be approached and want, to, want some kind of conversation. Mm. But I didn't feel that was necessarily going to happen. You, know, you, you don't know what to expect. Yes. Um, but after um, I, I was um, you know, asked why I was here, and when I said it, my mum had died. Um, the, the level of compassion, um, it, it almost broke me. And yeah. um, I, I wanted to receive that in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Michaela, the, the parish nurse, was there. Um, she was so incredibly welcoming. And also, uh, I think people have a perception that, well, I did, in, that people who are going to church all the time are a certain group of people, which is a terrible perception and not true. Um, but I came and I just felt at home. And I felt like... Um, it's, it's, it, I felt like maybe Jesus had called me back. And yeah. the irony is that uh, my parents had spent my childhood talking about St. Anthony. You were yes. named after him, you know. Yes, yeah. Uh, and talking about him. And I wasn't interested at all. <laughs> and then, of course, now I'm... Uh, it's, it's very, very different. Um, so that sounds like there's been something very uh, providential, really, in, in that. That's been an amazing sort of... An amazing journey. Did you, you know, you said about your your parents obviously having faith, bringing you up in the faith. What was what was your sort of faith journey like then as a younger person? Because then you had a bit of a time out. But what was what was that journey like when you were younger? How did it start? And um, so um, my parents went to a large, uh, large Anglo Catholic parish, uh, Saint John the Baptist in Seven Oaks. Um, great, uh, great parish, very famous still to this day. Yeah. Yeah, was, Father Robin Jones is there at the moment. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great parish. Um, many many lovely characters, and um, yeah, so they were very very uh, observant. Uh, we would go to church all the time. Uh, we would my all my family would be you know, altar servers in the choir, involved in some way, and um, actually at, at fourteen and fifteen, I I started this rebellious patch that really probably went on until my until my my mum died my mm. dad died mm. um i didn't feel that was for me and yeah. whatever anyone said it would i i i couldn't really see you know i i lost my faith yes um i'm not sure i ever had complete faith in that way yeah. i think my faith now is much stronger than at any point in my life because i've had to rediscover it all for myself yeah. instead of being being told it I mean, I think that that's, I think that that's a common experience for people that are brought up in a faithful household. That almost like the seed is planted, but then at some point you've got to look after that seed. You've got to nurture it and grow it in the Holy Spirit. And yeah, actually, if you don't get to that stage of maturity, then it's not going to do anything. So, I think you know, in some ways, these things always work out. You know, but but clearly, your parents in bringing you up in that kind of environment and in church have planted a very great seed with good roots and it just 
takes a bit of a time to germinate sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think all the observances are obviously really important and planting the seed. But the thing that also perhaps drew me back is how my parents were. So their yeah. behaviour as Christians, they, it was a very um, loving, funny, uh, they're very funny people, they're yeah. very light-hearted. Yeah. but serious about what they believed. Yeah. And I think yeah. how they were makes me think, actually, that, that's, that is the Christian life, and that's, that's what I would like to yeah. try and be like. You know, not like they were saints, but actually, um, it, it's the behaviour and the joy that yeah. they, they had also with their... You know, there's a scripture where it says that, like, reflect on the outcome of those who first gave you the faith and the outcome of their lives. Yeah. And, you know, that seems that in the case of your mum and dad, that that's something which has really borne fruit, really, that you've been able to yeah. see in their lives something which was worthwhile, something mm. which was fruitful, something which was productive. And, yeah, and there's something, something very beautiful in that. So, I mean, um, you, have a, you have a family. Do you want to say a little bit about that? You have two lovely daughters who are just bundles of joy whenever they come to Mass. And characters. <laughs> yeah, they, they absolutely love it here. Um, yeah. This is a place for children to, to be and to be themselves. Yeah. And there is no other church that they like as much as this. Not yeah. that they've been to many, but when they've been, their experience has been completely different. Yeah. And say that, as well as obviously you are incredible with children, everyone else is too. So people you don't know will come up and... Be norm, be natural around your kids, and want to cultivate nice, you know, relationships with them. So I feel yeah. like the concept of a church family to me, I'd never heard of that growing up. But actually, um, I felt like we can just come as we are. Yes. And Flossie will always take her shoes off and on all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody comments or makes yeah. you feel bad. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And sometimes we turn up and. Yeah, we've, we've had a chaotic morning. Uh, I mean, even leaving today, I lost my house keys. So my house yep. is unlocked. Yep. And I forgot to pay for a parking ticket. But I feel like however we turn up with the kids, we, we're going to be loved and welcomed as the way Jesus would, would welcome people. Yeah. I feel some churches have possibly lost that. You know, I think this is so important because for me, A, the first thing that I think is that for you parents, I mean, I... I, I get myself ready on a Sunday morning is enough. <laughs> that is enough for me. And I think about parents, you're getting up, you're dealing with all the, you're dealing with your own stuff. And then you're dealing with these little lives and getting them ready, getting them dressed, getting food down the next to get them out to mass. There's so much pressure on families. And actually what we've got to do as a community is to live with all of the mess that comes with families. Because actually what parents are trying to do is to bring their children up in the Christian household. And we've got to do everything to support them. And there's that phrase which says that, um, I think it's an African proverb, that it takes a whole village to bring a child up. Yeah. Well, I think it takes a whole church community to bring a Christian up. Yeah. And, and, and we all need to be there to support families. So to anybody listening, I would say, do not worry about your child's noise or mess or whatever. You know, they've got to come and actually enter into the Christian community and, and get to know it. Yeah. So um, I'm really pleased that you do find that you can do that. Uh, 
Yeah. The selection of, of toys, like people donated a, a pretend kitchen. The, yeah. There's an incredible back corner, which is better than a lot of soft plays as well. So. Well, I'm, 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 pleased that, I'm pleased that you found that. Now, this might be a big ask, but do you have, uh, do you have interests beyond at the moment? Things or is family everything? Are you able to get out and walk? Are you able to get any time to yourself and pursue some interests? Or is that all to the side at the moment? Uh, so when, when I have any spare time, um, <laughs> when the kids, with, without the kids, I, I use that to just um, sustain the uh, friendships with the really good friends that good. I cherish. And yeah. a coffee with someone I love and a conversation with them that means something is, yeah, yeah. is one of the most precious things to me. I used to go do lots of running before my mum died. Um, and after the run, I used to ring and tell her what it was like. So I ran in a lot of woodland. And it's the kind of boring conversation that only a mother would be interested in. <laughs> but since she's died, I, I still haven't been able to run. Yeah, so uh, yeah. that's something that, that I used to do. But now my, my energy is actually focused into other other joyful things yes that, yeah and uh, actually being uh, being part of parish and being yeah. able to attend mass in the week sometimes feels like a huge luxury for me because yeah. i'm aware there are lots of people who would love to but can't mm. and so uh, that's uh, yeah um well that totally resonates with me though the idea of you know just sharing a coffee with someone who means a lot to you and just having that chat it might only be sometimes half an hour, but it's just like gold, isn't it, really? Uh, heart speaks to heart, as Newman would say, and just having that time with someone is a, is a wonderful thing. Yeah, I was thinking that um, when, I, when I went to uh, Walsingham on the, par- on the pilgrimage, um, it's also having the conversations that you really want to have with someone you're interested in. And mm. um, one of the best things about that was that you could kind of have start any conversation there with anybody that would be deeply deeply what you both wanted to talk about you know spiritual matters um and yeah it's like that with the people in my life that I love and cherish I I know that we can we can talk um yeah so you uh you had a good time in Walsingham because you've been as a child hadn't you when you were younger and then uh this was this was returning after a little while yeah yeah um yeah, I, I had a really, um, it was really nostalgic for me. It was uh, also sad, but I, I went every year as a child, three times a year. Um, and this time, I, uh, there were always, always tears at the back of my eyes, trying to fight them. And um, I had an experience in the Holy House that I, I, haven't, I don't really tell people about because they'll think I'm balmy, but it, I was... Uh, looking for a candle to light for my dad and uh, I wanted a blue one I couldn't find it I put the white one ready to light there was nobody there to the hole of the left of me and I looked um, and it was lit and there, there are moments like that maybe you know people have and you think you know mm. I, I think that's enough for me yeah yeah it's a thin place Walsingham isn't there yes. thin place between heaven and earth it's yeah. the most I mean, it's the most joyful, um, oh, it's, it's a joyful place. And if you like, I mean, can, the candles and the incense, the, the music, um, 
there's no place like it. Yeah, I yeah. That. Well, I totally yeah. agree. I love that. Our final question that we've been asking on this podcast has been just what does the difference receiving the Eucharist, receiving the Blessed Sacrament, make to you after, say, you've just received it this lunchtime? What, what is the impact that it makes on your life? Um, so, uh, so because I, be, I believe completely that in the real presence and the mm. transubstantiation, for, mm. for me, it's, it's more than, um, yeah, the symbolism. Uh, for me, I, I feel, I feel sa- a, a deep thanks. Um, mm. So uh, I feel as though Jesus is closer to me um, and guiding me. And it's it's just a, a chance to to connect again and again with with the Holy Spirit with Jesus. Mm, and absolutely. I I feel lucky that I can. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful, Antonia. Thank you so much uh, you. for this for this chat over coffee and for all that you contribute to the life of our parish. And uh, I'm just going to give you God's blessing. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.